Dear friends, uh, we're working through these uh, parables of Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, and it's very apt when we've just celebrated. Yesterday we had our big festival uh, for St. Matthew with our procession through the streets and thought a bit more deeply about St. Matthew. Bishop Will Hazelwood was amongst us uh, to preach. And it is interesting that out of all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the one that mentions money the most and where a lot of the parables are related uh, to money is in Matthew's Gospel. Matthew, of course, was a tax collector, someone who worked, say, for the inland revenue of his day. Uh, So therefore, it's interesting that he did have an ear for the teaching of Jesus whenever it was related uh, to money. And we have today one of those economic parables on the face of it, but actually it has a deeper meaning related uh, to our salvation and the generosity of God's. The first thing that we might notice interesting, maybe we do come from a culture where we might see people waiting for day labour, but actually is how far our present context here in England is removed from that. That sometimes we might think, well, why would people just be waiting around? Surely they'd have a a contract or a job uh, to go to, but why are they waiting around in order uh, to be hired for the day? Well, I was struck actually, Jordan COVID, how often people are waiting around for that type of work, especially in the gig economy. We see people uh, waiting uh, with their apps sometimes actually in the cold, uh, waiting in order to get a delivery come through, in order to go and do a, a takeaway pickup. And so some people are very much reliant on whether they're going to be hired that day. It reminded me of my own grandmother, who was uh, a lot older in terms of uh, many people's grandmothers. Uh, She was born in uh, 1906, my grandmother, because my father was one of the youngest of a big family, and I'm the youngest of a big family. And she said about my grandfather, Lambert, who joined the days of the economic depression after the Wall Street crash in the 1930s, would walk along the dock road in Liverpool just waiting to try and find anybody who would give him some work for the day in order to feed the family. That's the context that we're here in today's gospel. There are all these people just waiting to find some money, some day's labour in order to feed uh, their family, in order to provide uh, for those who rely on them. It's harvest time in an agricultural economy And people are out there in the early morning, maybe before daybreak. And in the context of today's gospel, the rich landowner who has the vineyard comes to find some workers. He starts the day at six in the morning to get people as soon as the day breaks in order to come and work the land. And we see that he returns to the marketplace at the third hour, at the sixth hour, at the ninth hour. This is at nine in the morning, at midday three in the afternoon and then the 11th hour which is five in the afternoon because of course people didn't weren't able to work under floodlights or anything like that they had to work during the daylight hours and the the owner of the vineyard goes each time to go and get some workers he promises each and every one of them one denarius which as we learned from last week's gospel was basically a day's uh, labor That was the standard amount of money that people uh, would pay or receive for a day's labour. But what's interesting is that in this context of the gospel, you're not getting paid by the hour. The owner of the vineyard says at six in the morning, will you come and work for me? How much are you going to pay? One denarius. And people are happy to receive that. 
He then goes back at nine and he says, will you come and work for me for the day? And they say, how much are you paying? He says, one denarius. And people are happy. At midday, he offers the same and people come and work for him. At three in the afternoon, people come and work for him. And then when they come and settle up the account, the owner of the vineyard, first of all, brings those who have just worked for an hour and he pays them first and he pays them one denarius. Now just imagine if you have been working on that field from six in the morning, you've done 12 hours. You've done 12 times the amount of work that somebody who's just turned up is getting. And you see that they're getting a denarius. You'd start to rub your hands, wouldn't you? You'd think, gosh, although we were promised one denarius, he's given one denarius to those that have just been here for an hour. We're clearly going to get 12. And slowly the realisation dawns upon them. Those who arrive at three get their one denarius. Those who arrived at 12 get their one denarius. Those who arrived at nine get their one denarius. Those who have been there all day get their one denarius. Funny, isn't it? All of a sudden something that we signed up for now feels unjust. There's something wrong that's gone on here. Who wouldn't amongst us be up in our arms? We'd be saying, hang on a minute, you're not giving them one denarius. When we've been here all day, we're not getting the same as them. We want more. We want double, we want 12 times what they've got. And the owner of the vineyards chastises them. He says that he can do what he wants with his money. He asks them, do they really begrudge his generosity? And in the original language, it's a deep frustration from the owner of the vineyard. And he actually accuses them of having an evil eye because of his goodness. He's speaking to them of envy. All of them were happy to sign up to work for one denarius. What they don't like is to see someone else doing just as well. Jesus says that this is what the kingdom will be like. And this is a very, very important passage for us as Christians. Because there might be times and moments in our lives as Christians, even if we are the most good-hearted Christian, where we will look at others who are newer in the faith, or maybe who have led a much wilder life than we might have led, and we might think, do they really deserve salvation? Do they really deserve a place in the household of faith? It's incredibly human for us to feel that. But one of the things that we might have to prepare ourselves, and certainly we'll have to prepare ourselves for, my brothers and sisters, is to know that before God we are all equal and that we will be sharing heaven with some extraordinary characters. Some of them we might have found difficult in this life. The gift of salvation is a gift equal to all. And that one denarius represents everyone winning the lottery of life. Because the one denarius which we will be given to be on the vineyard of the Lord will be worth everything. And even those who came in the last hour 
but before the Lord returns, will have a place which is worth just as much as those who have toiled for the Lord all the days of their life. This is the radical generosity and mercy of our God. St. Augustine, one of the early church fathers, speaks of this passage. And actually one of the nice things about what St. Augustine says here is he says that all of us, uh, for our virtues and merits in this life, will have something distinguishing in the, af- in the afterlife. To be a saint is we're not all going to be um, carbon copies of each other. We're not going to be clones. Uh, one of the great artists who conveys this is the medieval artist uh, Fra Angelico. And if you look at his him- images of the saints in glory for All Saints Day, for instance, and some of the frescoes that he painted in Italy, when you first look at the picture, they all look the same. You just see all of these heads. And you think, oh gosh, in heaven, we're all just going to be a bit boring, actually. Carbon cut out of each other. It's only when you're drawn closer into the image, when you look closely, they do all look different. There's something distinguishing about all of the saints. But what unites them is the fact that their common gaze is directed in one direction. All held by the face of the Lord. So St. Augustine says this, In that great reward, we shall all be equal, the first to the last, and the last to the first. For the denarius stands for eternal life, in which all have the same share. Although through diversity of merit, some will shine more brightly and brilliantly than others. In the possession of eternal life, though, there will be equality. What is endless for all will not be longer or shorter for another. What has no bounds will have none either for you or for me. Those who live chastely in the married state, for example, will have one kind of splendour. Virgins will have another kind of splendour. The rewards for good works on one hand will differ from the crown of martyrdom on another. But where eternal life is concerned, there can be no question of more or less for anyone. Whatever may be the individual's degree of glory, each one will live in it eternally. This is the meaning of the denarius. Let us pray then, my brothers and sisters, that we might rejoice and look for those who arrive at the 11th hour and receive the same pay as we do. Amen.